Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. In 1867, Frederick Douglass appealed to the Congress, the United States Congress, for the right for black men to vote. 1913, women marched down Pennsylvania Avenue for the right to vote. And 2021, the Texas legislature came to Washington, D.C. That was something. Wow. <laughs> there, there is just no restraint left in our politics. No, none, none, all the way around. I mean, it had been growing that direction for a long time. Trump took it 11, to 11, and apparently we're going to stay at 11 for the foreseeable future, where we just say crazy ass all the time at the highest levels. Yep. We got more on that later. If you don't know what that story is, we'll explain it all coming up because it's a, it's a fairly big one. Uh, this just came across my phone. The Wall Street Journal with a breaking news. Drug overdose deaths in the U.S. surged 30% in 2020. That's a heck oh. of a leap in one year from an already record high number, as we all know, driven by the proliferation of fentanyl and the stress and isolation of the pandemic, they say. That's, of course, the second part is a, a speculation. I'm probably right, but that's a guess. But uh, fentanyl. Is what's killing so many people. Man, don't do the fentanyl. Don't do the oh, fentanyl. Oh, Lord. Well, sometimes you don't know you're getting it. You think you're getting something else. What do people think they're getting when they get fentanyl? Heroin. Okay, well, don't do heroin. That's good advice, Uncle Jack. Thank you. Uh, keep in mind that the the previous record-setting crazy 50,000, 60,000 people dying a year, for the first time, made life expectancy fall in the United States. I mean, like for the first time in 175 years, outside of major cataclysms like World War II, fell for the first time because the numbers were so high, and we increased 30% last year. I, I, I don't know where the sweet spot is with the whole war on drugs thing, but I will tell you from personal observation, the great blue city experiment in making it as easy and comfortable as possible to be a drug addict, that ain't the answer. God, we were at, um, I assume this guy was a drug casualty. My son and I were getting yogurt right across the street from where we were getting ice cream a couple of weeks ago when I tweeted out a picture of this homeless guy that apparently owns this particular area of the park because he's always there. Anyway, we were across the street, and this guy walked up, and he was not a, uh, he was definitely not a, 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 a the Trustafarian type. In my my town, you get a lot of the kind of pretending to be you know, homeless Jack Kerouac type people begging for money, and they got they're they're clearly, you know, somewhat well to do based on their their camping gear and everything like that, and their age. Sure, they're wearing the hippie uniform, their skin tone, and their white perfect teeth and everything. But anyway, this guy was shuffling along, you know, just filthy, just talking to himself constantly. I don't know. At first, I thought, is he got a Bluetooth in? I mean, it would be kind of surprising if he's. You know, got that ton of technology with him, but every once in a while I, I see homeless people with, you know, cell phones and that sort of thing. But sure. he's having a full long conversation. I know, I don't know what I do. I said, you tell him that. He's having, he walks by and he's like two feet from us as he walked by and I've, I've turned and I've got the position of if I have to defend myself and my child, I'm ready to go because again, this, because this has happened to me. This isn't just speculation. This has happened to me and others. 
You, a guy that crazy, you don't know what he's going to do. But he walks by, and he walks by, and I think he's going to keep going. But he turns around and pivots, and he keeps walking back and forth by us there. He just keeps going right, and he's just a couple of feet from me. And then he pokes his head into the yogurt place, and the guy gives him a big cup full of yogurt for some reason. And the Fear. Guy, Fear. I guess. And the guy goes shuffling off. I just thought, that guy's almost certainly a drug casualty. Wouldn't that be the most likely guess? Yeah. He's yeah, destroyed but, his brain with drugs. Yeah, that, I mean, that's entirely possible. Sometimes it's a, a, a back-and-forth thing. You're kind of crazy, so you self-medicate with drugs, which makes you crazier. Regardless, we got to come up with a society where that guy's not just walking on the street and you hope he doesn't attack you. It's not good right. for him or us. Right. His chance of dying in a ditch somewhere has got to be very high. I don't know. It's weird that that, that we have a the, the the walking dead out there that are just kind of cruising around, and we haven't come up with a way to deal with that. Well, part of the problem is the mentally ill they haven't banded together, contributed millions of dollars, and, and gotten a lobbyist. And there's one more thing on the heroin and fentanyl thing. I was talking to a dude yesterday who is a therapist, and he was telling me about how he used to, uh, years ago when he started out, he did a lot of... Um, uh, therapy with uh, heroin addicts, a lot of work with heroin addicts. Anyway, when he'd gotten out of that and he'd gotten into more like regular kind of family therapy sort of stuff, he had a guy come in once, a younger guy, who said, um, I've discovered heroin and it's the greatest thing that has ever happened to me and I just love it. And my family is pushing me to go to therapy. So now I can tell, I just, so I came to see you. So now I can tell them that I've gone to therapy, but I'm just telling you, I'm going to keep doing it because it's awesome. And wow. uh, and he was thinking, having spent uh, quite a bit of time dealing with heroin addicts, he said he almost cried there in the session talking to this guy, knowing the road that he was on, because everybody thinks it's awesome when they first discover it, sure. and that's not where it ends up, really for anybody. How have these people never read any account of what heroin addiction is and does, and how it goes from making you feel incredible to it makes you feel pretty good to then you're on your hands and knees begging for a little bit so you can just not feel so sick? Yeah. How how have you not read that anywhere? I don't know. I don't don't know know either. That's troubling. Critical race theory is a hustle, according to Jason Riley of the Wall Street Journal in an opinion piece. I uh, feel uncomfortable every time I point this sort of thing out, but he is a black guy. I think that carries some weight in this conversation. Well, the critical race theorists would explain how he's been somehow co-opted or whitecized or whatever their wacky terms are. But he brings up an angle to this story that I haven't heard people emphasize enough. A majority of American fourth and eighth graders can't read or do math at grade level currently, according to the Education Department. And that assessment is from 2019 before the learning losses from pandemic school closures. Geez, what's it going to be afterwards? Whenever someone asks me about critical race theory, that statistic comes to mind. What's the priority, teaching math and reading or turning elementary schools into social justice boot camps? Given that black and Hispanic students are much more likely to be lagging academically, it's a question that anyone professing to care deeply about social inequality might consider. Learning gaps manifest themselves in all kinds of ways later in life, from unemployment rates and income levels to the likelihood of teenage pregnancy, substance abuse, and involvement with the criminal justice system. Our jails and prisons already have way too many woke illiterates. Wealthier parents will make sure their kids receive a decent education, even if it means using private schools or hiring tutors. Hello, I've done that. But the majority of children are relegated to the traditional public school system where progressives now want to prioritize the teaching of critical race theory. 
In addition to being a horrible idea, the timing couldn't be worse. As the country rapidly diversifies for more than a decade, U.S. population growth has been driven primarily by Asians and Hispanics. Liberals want to teach children to obsess over racial and ethnic differences. What could go wrong? I had not heard that angle. I mostly think about my own children, and I don't want them indoctrinated into an, uh, an awful ideology that is teaching the racists to hate each other. We're teaching racism, which is a weird thing to do. Well, most insidiously, we're reducing every individual to their race. They have no individual characteristics. Right, which is the definition of racism. Uh, your skin color carries all kinds of of personality traits and intelligence and all kinds of things. It's the definition of racism. Anyway, I've been concerned about my own kids and kids like them. He makes a good point there. The the black and brown kids that you're concerned about, they're the ones that are really getting the short end of the stick. If we spend any time on stuff that's not, you know, math, spelling, reading, etc., the things that you need to get out there and survive in the world. Right, right. The inner city schools ought to be hyper focused on the basics. I understand. I will. Uh, first of all, I agree with Jason Riley a hundred percent on this. I I really admire him. But the the answer from the critical race theory crowd would be, well, these kids don't have a chance in this systemically racist society, and so we could teach them to read and write, but they'll still be uh, oppressed by you white supremacists. So first thing we got to do is is get these generations woke. And get and tear down all of the systems, the Constitution, the courts, the schools, everything. Tear it all down. That's the only way black people will have a chance. So um, they, don't, they don't care. Let me just read a little more of this because I think you'll like it. Critical race ideology is also entering the classroom via the New York Times 1619 Project, which we've talked about a lot and you've probably heard a lot about, which claims that the Revolutionary War was fought to preserve slavery and earned uh, its creator, Nicole Hannah-Jones, a Pulitzer Prize, which is absolutely unbelievable, given all the ret- uh, retractions and corrections that they've had to make in the New York Times. Anyway, in a forthcoming book, Woke Racism, the humanities professor John McCorder, who we love, argues that proponents like uh, Kendi, um, Ibram X. Kendi, and Hannah Jones have been mostly given a pass because they're racial minorities. They're on the left and criticizing them as politically incorrect. I'm quoting now, on the issue of the Revolutionary War, Hannah Jones' claim is completely, simply false. But our current cultural etiquette requires pretending that it isn't true because she's black. Someone has received a Pulitzer Prize for a mistaken interpretation of historical documents about which legions of actual scholars are expert. Meanwhile, the claim is being broadcast unquestioned and educational materials being distributed all across the nation. God, that is troubling. Yeah, it is. We are going through such a weird time in this country. The far left's takeover of educational colleges in the, it started from what I understand really in the eighties and, and really built in the nineties and the law schools. Um, and these are, see our conversation with Tim Sandifer yesterday via podcast. If you want, it was our number three. Um, and the law schools have gone super, super left. And these are not just liberals. These are radical leftists. And somehow there's something about education. There's something about the universities that, that made it possible for that to happen. But I'm not sure exactly how to deal with it because the, 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 the waters are flowing from the origins of the universities. And and they're becoming increasingly harshly intolerant of any dissenting opinion. So how how do we cut off the you know the the, the flow at the headwaters? I don't, I don't know. know. 
I'll read the last paragraph from this because I thought it was pretty good, and it's uh, what you're just talking about. Critical race theory comes out of the legal academy, as Joe just said, and early proponents argued that race, ethnicity, and gender should be used as academic credentials in hiring and promoting professors. It's less a serious academic discipline than a hustle, writes Jason Riley. It posits that racial inequality today is the sole fault of whites and the sole responsibility of whites to solve. Through racial preferences for blacks, it's employed by elites primarily for the benefit of elites, though in the name of helping the underprivileged. Ultimately, it's about blaming your problems on other people based on their race, which might be the last thing we should be teaching our children. Yeah. Well, we'll see how this all turns out. I hope I live long enough to see how it all turns out. I fear that I'll live long enough to see how it all turns out. I'm not optimistic. No, not so much. How does I could read you another poem about uh, how awful Los Angeles is. I don't know if you all know where Stockton, California is. It's in Central California. It's not that far from Las Vegas. I'm guessing it's a, off the top of my head, seven-hour drive. Uh, it was a 17-hour flight for some people, and the story is quite entertaining. We can get to that, among other things, next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. elections is just such a threat literally i've said it before we're facing the most significant test of our democracy since the civil war that's not hyperbole since the civil war it's not hyperbole it sure sounds like hyperbole uh we'll get into that, that is the very definition of hyperbole we'll get into dangerously it. so yeah it's, it's wild it just yeah, so we got more on that coming up a little bit later. What, what Biden was talking about there is the Texas voting laws, and then the Democrats uh, fled the state so they couldn't vote on it, and blah, 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 blah. Hosed for smiling selfies, and then, having realized their messaging was awful, said, we're not having a good time here. <laughs> we'll get to that coming up. I've had a few flights that didn't go the way I wanted to, and I've uh, complained about them over the years, usually United. I've not flown Allegiant Airlines, I don't think. Some passengers were flying uh, what is an hour-long flight from Las Vegas to Stockton, California. It's only a seven-hour drive. It ended up being a 17-hour journey for these passengers. The flight was scheduled to arrive at Stockton Metropolitan Airport on Monday night at 9.30. They got in on Tuesday at 2 p.m. Here's what happened. The pilot comes on and says as they're approaching Stockton, the control tower is closed, said the pilot. And he couldn't get I've decided I uh, really don't want to go to Stockton. We're going to go somewhere else. I don't know where, just not Stockton. He comes on and says, oh, the control tower is closed. I uh, can't get a hold of anybody on the ground in Stockton. We can't land without a weather report. So they decided to head back to Vegas because it's not very far. He comes back, which you wouldn't be very happy about that if you're planning to land in Stockton on 930. I'm, I'm guessing for the most people, it's like get in your car, drive home, get up the next day, go to work. Heading back to Vegas is not cool. So the flight. Why headed, don't you just go to Sacramento? So the flight headed back to Las Vegas. He comes back on again and says, "Ah, there's a thunderstorm in Vegas and zero visibility." Wow. They were concerned about gas, so they had to go to the closest airport at that point, and so they went to Los Angeles. Roughly 175 passengers were dropped off at LAX 
and then eventually allowed to get off the plane after a long time, and they went into a holding room. The holding room has no restroom, by the way. Oh, Lord. And that's where they had to stay for some reason. Finally, their flight was rescheduled for Tuesday, and passengers were given a, were given a $250 ticket voucher and left to fend for themselves. They had to find transportation in their own hotel rooms. Uh, people were sleeping at the airport because $250 didn't really care, cover that much on a, you know short notice and all that sort of stuff. Uh, anyway, it was a weather problem and some sort of sensor with something or other that Allegiant Airlines had. People are uh, upset, and I would have been. That wow. is an unpleasant experience. And, and I don't know about everybody else, but any time I've been coming back from Vegas, I'm not feeling the best. I'm not in my best mood for a variety of reasons. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. Hello, regret. <laughs> I'm questioning everything about my life, and physically, I don't feel very good. Mentally, emotionally, physically, I'm not in my best state. To end up having a 17-hour trip out of a one-hour trip would really have been bad timing for me. Oh, my gosh. So do we have any idea what happened with Stockton's uh, control tower being closed? No. Don't have anything on that in the report. Was the guy with his girlfriend in the back room not answering the phone, or did he just forget there's another flight? Alex knows. We don't have much time. What's uh, the It's a texter says that the Stockton airport keeps business hours. so that might Oh, be really? Wild. They keep business hours? They should have told to the five. airline. <laughs> Holiday hours, maybe. I don't know. What was Biden talking about? Uh, worst thing since the Civil War. That's a heck of a statement, but uh, oh. that, that's that's the story of the day. We'll fill you in on the details coming up. Armstrong and Getty. This year alone, 17 states have enacted, not just proposed, but enacted, 28 new laws to make it harder for Americans to vote. Not to mention, and catch this, nearly 400 additional bills Republican members of the state legislatures are trying to pass. The 21st century Jim Crow assault is real. It's unrelenting. We're going to challenge it vigorously. While the 21st century Jim Crow assault is real. I got to jump in here because I just came across this Bloomberg piece by Ramesh Panuru, who took a look at that particular part of Biden's speech and said, uh, using the very same data, the same piece of data that Biden plucked from, Biden said that 17 states have passed 28 laws making it harder to vote. The same source behind those numbers also reports that 14 states have passed 28 laws making it easier to vote. It's the same piece of data. Right. So 17 laws passed 28 laws making it harder to vote. 14 states passed 28 laws making it easier to vote. And four states appear on both lists where they tightened up some things that they thought were too tight, loosened up some other things that they, or the vice versa, to try to make it more fair, which suggests right. that legislation is way more complicated than Biden's talk of 21st century Jim Crow assault. 
Well, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, misstating the facts is absolutely a sin. Uh, Governor Abbott of Texas was absolutely ripping them up side, one side and down the other. The fact is, tax, Texas passed a law that expands, not reduces the hours of early voting. There's many more than many states, including the president's home state of Delaware, which has zero hours of early voting. So on the facts, it's just wildly wrong. Politicians lying is old hat. That, that bothers me. And when people believe it, it bothers me, but it's the, the pouring gasoline on the tensions in the country and and making wild, outrageous racial claims about perfectly reasonable voting laws, that's just wildly irresponsible. And not like you usually say politicians are being irresponsible. Like you are going to cause death and lots of it. And decades of hatred, quite possibly. Well, and what we're going we talked about this earlier in the week because I listened to a long podcast o- over the weekend from uh, smart people that uh, got into this topic of the deteriorating belief in our voting system for Republicans and Democrats. We should really be able to come together and be united on the fact that if most Americans, I don't care if you're a Republican or Democrat, if most Americans don't believe our voting is legit, we are doomed. Now, yeah. that's not hard hyperbole. We are freaking doomed. A person could very easily make the argument, and I would find it persuasive, that no matter what we do in terms of voting laws, we need to err to the side of the fidelity of the vote just to avoid what you're describing, because that would be disaster. Of course, this is the age of the hyperbole. People call everything a disaster or doomed or whatever, or Jim Crow on steroids. It becomes impossible to communicate. I would also like to know in that list, uh, I could dig into it, maybe I will, uh, the list of places where they've made it harder to vote. Um, in, in, in some of these, it's really misleading because voting was loosened up a lot for the pandemic because people couldn't go to the polls or some people were scared to go to the polls. Then when the pandemic's over, you go back to the old way. In a lot of cases, like tech, a lot of this Texas stuff is just going back to the way they voted in 2019 and nobody was complaining about it then. It was perfectly fine. And indeed, in some cases, in some aspects of it, it liberalizes what used to happen. Um, but, but technically it is true to say it's restricting voting from the ridiculous way we did it in 2020, which right. was a one-off because of the pandemic, which everybody agreed. Okay. We got to have different rules now. Well, the Democrats decided the strategy was uh, we want to keep it pandemic style. It, it worked for us. And let's claim anything that returns it to the normal is is Jim Crow, which is horrific, again, for the umpteenth time, because it minimizes the horrors of the Jim Crow era, and kids and people will start thinking, oh, the Jim Crow era, that was back when uh, Mississippi restricted the early voting hours to, or early voting days to only 20. No, that's when people were murdered for trying to vote. Effectively, black people could not vote. You're minimizing the horror of it, and it's, it's immoral. There was, a, like, there was a song ahead. that came out of the civil rights movement that people sang to show uh, strength, often with tears in their eyes and shaking with uh, fear because they had to fear for their lives. The uh, Democrats in the Texas state legislature got on the steps of the Capitol yesterday and sang that very song. We will We, we shall overcome. Yeah, 
they, how obvious is it that they had to teach like two thirds of those people, if not four fifths, how the song goes, like on the way to DC? But we are at peak stupid now. Yes, I, we I are. Didn't, I didn't think we could go any further. And yes, Trump contributed to this, but we're going further. He took it to eleven, and apparently we're turning it to twelve. I, I, I just can't believe this is where we are. Is there any coming back from this? I I don't know. Maybe it's just the kind of people I hang out with. I can't tell you how many times I've heard something roughly worded like this. You know, I've kind of tuned out of the news and politics. I just can't take it anymore. Well, right. I get that. And uh, like starting the show today, I discussed how we we didn't comment on a lot of the stories of the day during the Trump era. Trump would say something, media would react to it, he'd say something else, and we ignored it most of the time just because it was just, it was nothing. It was something nobody was even going to remember three days from then. Reason we're mentioning this one, it seems like the President of the United States saying this is the worst thing since the Civil War. The President said that. You got to The guy who was going to unite us all? Hello. Oh, my God. The, the, the guy who a lot of Trump voters... A lot of Republicans thought, you know, to calm things down, old man Biden's probably a decent choice. Boy, you talk about a wolf in sheep's clothing. Hey, let's give uh, Tucker a shot. Clip number 41, please. We're facing the most significant test of our democracy since the Civil War. That's not hyperbole. Since the Civil War. The Civil War? Sound overheated to you? Joe Biden would like you to know this is not hyperbole. Voter ID laws are literally like the Civil War. That is, habeas corpus suspended. State legislatures shut down hundreds of thousands of Americans dead in fields. That was the Civil War. Biden made it clear that's what he meant. He said it twice. When was the last time a sitting American president gave a speech like this? Well, probably not since the 1860s during the actual Civil War. So it's hard to know how to process it. Even allowing for the dementia... It was a stunningly irresponsible thing for an American leader to say out loud. Dangerous, even. Everything has to be great. Everything has to be graded on a curve now of uh, you can't compare it to the old days. And we we said that all the time about Trump. You know, Trump said all kinds of things that if George W. Bush had said it or Obama had said it, you'd have thought, holy crap, did you hear what the president just said? But, you know, you got used to Trump saying all kinds of things. And And now apparently Biden's going to do the same thing where you think, okay, well, whatever. That's what presidents say now, I guess. The difference being, and I'm starting to see a little change in this, but the difference being the big giant legacy left media refuses to call him out on that and say that's ridiculous. But again, there are some brave folks who are stepping out of line and saying that, and that gives me some hope. Uh, not a lot, but some. Uh, speaking of hope, optimism, you don't have to worry nearly as much about a fire or burglary or medical emergency uh, or, or any sort of emergency when you have Simply Safe Home Security award winning, simple, easy to use. I've got a, I've had too much co- coffee emergency. Can Simply Safe deal with that? Is there a button I can press? Uh, Simply Safe is simple, but it's also great. A whole bunch of different publications that, you know, they, they, they rank and review security systems have named Simply Safe the best. You go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. It takes you about two minutes to customize a system for your home. Then it comes to you in the mail and you set it up yourself. And then you've got highly trained experts ready whenever you need them, whether it's fire, burglary, medical, or setting up the system itself. There's somebody there to help you. 
All right, let me up. I've had enough. I'm interested. It sounds great. Just go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. You're going to customize your system, get a free security camera because you used our code, 60-day risk-free trial, so there's nothing to lose. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Check it out, simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. By the way, the uh, greatest crisis since the Civil War includes uh, no more drive-through voting unless you're disabled and you're doing curbside voting. That's going back to the the former thing in Texas. A ban on overnight voting because they can't keep the polls open all night long. That's just crazy. Uh, Election officials are required to install a video surveillance system that records vote counting with a live stream made available to the public in counties with 100,000 residents or more, so there's no suspicion that there's hinkiness going on in the voting. Uh, they also have days and days of early voting. Uh, they want you to ask for a mail-in ballot instead of it just being mailed to you automatically. That's the greatest crisis since the Civil War. Here's a calm voice, Britt Hume on Fox yesterday. The absurdity of this is obvious on its face. You, you, know, you can't, on the one hand, shut down the action of the elected representatives of the people in the state of Texas and then turn around and argue to the nation that you're defending democracy. It's absurd on its face, laughable, really, and made the more so by the scene on the airplane with them all smiling, maskless, and with the V-signs going, and, of course, the scene on the bus with the, with the case of beer tucked away for their, for their enjoyment on the way up here, up to Washington. It just, it, it, it's, this is too good to be true. It's just precious. I'm going to take a strong stand in that I'm against all of these stunts where legislatures, Republican or Democrat, either one, leave the state to get attention. I'm against it. Stay and do your work. And if your state, the other side, has more power, well, then win the next election. I'm going to stick with that for the rest of my life. I like Greg Abbott's idea. The minute they set foot back in Texas, arrest them. Let them vote from solitary confinement. Let them let break rocks in the sun. That's what I say. <laughs> send a Chained posse. Chained the ankle. It's Texas. Send a posse. That's what you do. Go, go Mossad on them. There's a knock on their hotel room door in D.C. Well, you can't kill them. But <laughs> then you cuff them and you drag them back to Texas, and then you make them break rocks in the hot sun. <laughs> I do like the idea of we're going to defend democracy by walking out and not voting. Yeah. Just because we don't have the votes and we don't like it. We're mad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They're uh, contemplating something kind of wacky there in Great Britain about social media laws that we would never dream of in the United States, I don't think. We can touch on that. Oh, wait a minute. We're contemplating something horrific in the in this country, too. And, and I don't want to be all serious and negative and doomy. But they're talking about rooting disinform- or misinformation out of text messages. Okay. They want the carriers to look at your text messages Ooh. and make sure you're not advocating hydroxychloroquine or anything. That's scary. Oh, who's who's looking at my text? That's coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Everybody's favorite feel-good prison labor song. Joe mentioned the idea of uh, bringing back those state legislators in Texas and making them break rocks in the hot song, and it made me think of this song. And just, why was this such a happy, fun tune? 
when it was originally done. Just prison labor is so fun. Huh? Well, yeah, I guess his race is run. Uh, it's a story of justice, Jack, I'm, and I'm, redemption or I'm, something. I'm pro-chain gang prison labor. Absolutely pro, but it's just kind of funny that it became kind of a, a song like this. Hard to pick a favorite between the original Bobby Fuller 4 version and that version right there by The Clash. Uh, gratified you played that one, Michael. Thank you very much. Uh, speaking of crimes, uh, this is unbelievable. Tucker Carlson was talking about this the other day, and I went back to the source. Politico had this report that you'd think would be the talk of the nation, but it's not. This is a quote from Politico, which leans left, if if anything. Biden-allied groups, including the Democratic National Committee, are planning to engage fact-checkers more aggressively and work with SMS carriers, that's your text carriers, to dispel misinformation about vaccines that is sent over social media and text messages. So the Democratic National Committee is going to put the squeeze on your cell carrier to root out misinformation, whatever that is, perhaps suggesting that the virus could have leaked from the Wuhan lab, for instance, out of your text messages. I was under the impression that the carriers don't have the ability to, like, um, uh, monitor the, 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 the text. Well, this is a confusing because they're called texts. The text of your text, like the actual words of your text. I didn't know they could, that they had a way to do that. I, I knew that the, that you could, like, um, the NSA, the government, whoever, could say, we want to take a look at that guy, go back and get their texts. But I didn't know just, like, on an ongoing basis anybody was monitoring what we're saying in our texts. I know practically nothing about the uh, the technology, honestly. Um, uh, all, I, all I know is that uh, the Politico reported on the plan. Whether it's implementable or not, I don't know. Does anybody know this? Are, 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 I don't know anything about this. Are, are, are our texts stored somewhere? Or do, they, do they have to be captured as they happen, or are they stored somewhere? I thought they just disappeared, and um, and they're gone forever. If you know anything about it, our text line is... <laughs> Using the word text way too much. 415-295-KFTC. 415-295-KFTC. Are all my texts, are all your texts, to all your people stored somewhere? That's frightening thought. I don't know that, but back to the political report. Whether Uh, it's stuff about business or your own personal life or uh, politics, you, you don't want all your texts stored somewhere. Yeah, the Democratic National Committee reportedly wants short message service carriers, SMS text services, to step in and police private text messages as part of a new push against COVID-19 vaccine misinformation. Oh, man, does Matt Taibbi have some great stuff on this. He gives an example of uh, all the social media banned and deplatformed Brett Weinstein for daring to discuss the very rare but significant uh, inflammation issues, some of the side effects, a tiny, tiny percentage of people were having from the vaccine. Um, and and the, the thought was, oh, you're whipping up fear. You'll prevent people from getting the vaccine. We must not only, you know, prevent those podcasts getting out, but we're going to deplatform you completely. You can't be around here. Simultaneously, the CDC was holding meetings with medical experts on that very topic, meaning only the government can engage in certain speech. You as a free citizen can't, while they the same GD day are having that conversation. 
That ought to scare you. Anyway, back to the SMS thing. Allies of President Joe Biden, including the DNC, plan to, quote, engage fact checkers more aggressively and work alongside phone companies to combat misinformation about vaccines shared via social media and private SMS messages, according to a Monday report from Politico. Uh, White House officials are particularly frustrated with the characterization by some Republicans of their door-to-door pro-vaccination campaign, according to the report. Uh, they mention uh, old Charlie Kirk of Turning Point USA contending that Biden is sending goons door-to-door to make you take a COVID-19 vaccine. Sign the position to no medical raids in America as Charlie uh, raises even more money from people who are outraged by that sort of thing. But White House spokesman Kevin Munoz told political Politico, quote, when we see deliberate efforts to spread misinformation, we view that as an impediment to the country's public health and will not shy away from calling that out. Whatever that means. This is kind of a side topic I realize I've entered into, but are your texts stored somewhere? Do they exist? Uh, Somebody texted, Apple uses end-to-end encryption on texts, but if you use Apple's iCloud to back up your texts, Apple can access your texts. I don't know if I back up my text to iCloud or not. Maybe there's a, to- a toggle in there somewhere. I wouldn't want to or need to. Yeah, I, I don't, mean, Joe I don't... and I text about business. You know, you text your, uh, you know, your your loved ones about relationships. You text, you know, political jokes that might not fly if they were everyone saw them. You know, all kinds of stuff you don't want saved somewhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't know anybody who would want their texts saved. Ah, uh, no, I, I, I th- I've never deleted. Uh, I've I've hardly deleted any of the texts I've sent through the years, and I think I can scroll back, 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 yeah. back and yeah. see them. Yeah, you can. So they must be stored in some capacity, and unless it's magic, <laughs> that's is probably it what it is. It's probably magic. Uh, if you yeah. miss an hour, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty dot com. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> 